0: Welcome to the Angels and Awakening Podcast. I'm your angel medium, Julie Jancis, and today we're sharing your angel stories. Why do our angels and loved ones above show us signs? Yes, they want us to know they're okay and at peace, but deeper than that, they want us to connect with them so that they can help us more from the other side. Friends, it all begins with your intuition, vibration, and experiencing oneness. Your intuition is your soul's voice. It's also how your loved ones talk to you from heaven. In this podcast, we teach you how to turn up the volume on your intuition so that you can hear their loving messages more clearly. We also teach you how to raise your vibration and feel your oneness with all that is. Friends, you are here to love, give love, receive love, be love, radiate love. And because your soul is love, all you really ever have to do is just be. Welcome back to the show. I'm Julie Jancis. This is the Angels in Awakening podcast. And we're here today with Thomas Worm. He is a wildland firefighter by trade and a master practitioner in NLP, hypnosis, and mental emotional release. Seeing wildland fire in the wilderness and living so close to death on the front line, Thomas has learned many spiritual lessons. Which also led him to write Awakened by Heart Fire, Wildland Fire Stories and the Secrets to the Universe. Thomas, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I feel so blessed to be part of your show. And I'm excited to just dive into this.
0: Yay, me too. So I, I want us to get like a very clear picture of what you do. And you know, not a lot of people have been close hopefully, to a wildfire. Tell us what that's like. I mean, tell us what it's like to, to be up close and yeah, dive into that a little bit.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I've been out there on the line for 14 seasons, you know, and started from the bottom as as just just a ground pounder, as we say. So really just running an ax, you know, using an ax and digging in the dirt. And it's kind of like, digging in your backyard but there's more going on there's fire there's helicopters there's it's kind of like this almost like a war zone there's radio traffic there's trees coming down so there's so much going on and you just learn to focus on you know your job in the the cog of the wheel you know in in this major industrial complex thing that's going on with with the helicopters and the teams and everything there's so much and so you really get down there on the fire. And it's one, it's really beautiful just to see nature at its rawest form. And, and also there's so much respect there. It's, you know, it's almost like this, I really learned to have this connection of to fire, because it's almost like, as humans, we've been given this gift to be carrying fire for so long. This is a very ancient, ancient, uh, cultural feeling of being connected with fire and using it on the land. And so it's, it's a beautiful environment. It's dangerous and it's, it really pushes your body, but mostly it pushes your mind to the absolute maximum because whatever I've, you know, for me personally, whatever I had going on inside, like mentally or emotionally, the really hard physical exertion made all that stuff really come to the forefront. Like I got to deal with it right now. Otherwise I'm not going to perform on the job and help my friends and my brothers and sisters out here on the fire line. Like I got to deal with my stuff inside right now because it's, it's kind of life or death out there. And it's not always like that. Just sometimes it is.
0: That's interesting because when I teach the angel Reiki school, which is how to bring through messages, how to develop your own unique spiritual gifts and do energy work. What spirit often does is pauses, you know, press the pause button on your life when you're working on somebody. And what you kind of feel like when you're doing it is that your life is on hold, your energy is outside of you. And now anything coming through your this open vessel and channel for the person in front of you. But what you're saying with this is actually kind of the opposite, like you have to deal with your life, and work through your stuff, beforehand, you know, and just kind of work through the emotions and process very quickly to be present with where you're at. Is that what you mean?
1: Absolutely. And, and yeah, it's so important, like the, the training in the spring that we would go through, you know, the really hard workouts and, and for people that don't realize the, the wildland firefighter is really beyond Olympic athlete. I mean, we go beyond running a marathon. I mean, running a marathon is like easy for what we're compared to what we're doing. You know, we're hiking in the mountains for 16 hours a day with chainsaws and 40 pounds of gear and going up and down and crossing creeks and walking across logs and working with like, there's so much to the job that people don't even realize we're really out there in the wilderness with really just your courage and wit and a chainsaw and an ax, that's all we have. And we're putting out these giant fires. And it's, it's like you said, I think what happens is that we get into these flow states, just like a professional athlete where time slows down. And really we have to tap into our like human potential. And it's, that's where I really started to like find such a beautiful space in the, in the work, because it's, it's almost like I could hear the fire speaking to me spiritually. I could understand its energy. I could know where it was going and make plans off of that. And most firefighters, I don't think do that.
0: Really? Even like wildland firefighters?
1: Right. Like, I don't think they tap into the spiritual piece of the actual fire. I'm not really sure that's very common. I know there's some of us out there, but there's you know, there's there's the wind, the four directions, more of a Native American take in, in my experience the last couple of years.
0: So that seems to me like the most frightening thing, right? To It seems like it would induce this fight or flight response within you. And you'd be living in this very high adrenaline state of being for a long time as you're constantly fighting this fire. So how do you in the midst of You know, what your body after, you know, all of these decades, after all of this lineage of DNA that's within us that wants to produce this fight or flight response, how do you take your body and not be in fight or flight, but really be present at that time?
1: Absolutely. And and this is so true. And this is what I struggled with for so many years was the anxiety and, and potentially, you know, I, I never got diagnosed, but maybe like minimal PTSD type things. And it's, it's very common for, for the wildland firefighters. And it's so interesting to, you know, I had a mentor tell me once, like you can easily become the calm within the storm. And that was my goal to really understand what was going on with the mind, what was going on with the emotions. And being in control of my inner state was so powerful because I noticed that one, the people around me would start to calm down. And two, we had more control, better understanding of the situation of the operation, what was going on. We were actually calm inside. And so how I did that was, you know, breathing techniques, actual NLP anchoring, lots of NLP things and meditation, meditation. And I always come back to meditation because that's, what's going to train our mind to, you know, on a, on a smaller scale, it's the clutter in your mind, right? But on this bigger scale, it's like the clutter of all the crazy things that are going on in a wildland fire. But if you can be the calm within the storm, you can conquer
0: anything. So how did you learn to train your mind in that way? I mean, I think all of us awaken in a different way. How were you able to work through that? And what was your process to declutter the mind?
1: Yeah, for me, it really came down to meditation. And I would say a couple of years ago, I had this awakening experience, which was not the first type of experience like that, but it was more profound than anything I had before. And so that really drove me even deeper into meditation, which you know, eventually led to, to NLP and, and and I think the hypnosis even, like hypnosis is so powerful because we can create these, these anchors that when you see, like for me, I had these hypnosis, like when I would put my chaps on for Chainsaw, it would actually give me a calming effect. And so I started really doing like a creating techniques, like field testing techniques before I would give them to clients. And, you know, I always did these things first before teaching other people. And, and the process was really like looking inside myself, like, where am I, you know, where do I want to be? And what resources do I need to make that happen? That I would say that was the general process.
0: And what was it that kind of triggered you into your awakening in general?
1: Yeah. For, for about, let's see, 2015, my, my engine captain passed away suddenly. And this was, a very profound experience for me. I had a lot of near-death trauma that I, I really pushed away. I didn't really understand. I didn't know what that was. I had no idea even had a near-death experience really until until later. And so this when this happened, it hit me so hard that my entire life changed. I all of a sudden had anxiety and all these health problems coming on like a year later, right after this. And I was just going crazy. I really thought I was losing it. And it drove me, you know, like I said, deeper into meditation and eventually led me to an acupuncturist that really mentored me and taught me. And he healed me to the point where I am now. I mean, just a couple of years ago, I would say I have you know, completely gotten over the anxiety. And, and ultimately it was the mental emotional release that, that truly helped me over all of those things that were limiting in the fear.
0: That's wonderful that you were able to find that. Talk to me too. So you got into then uh, mental emotional release. Talk to us about your understanding of mental emotional release.
1: Yeah, this technique is so profound and life-changing. So what we do in a, you know, we call it a breakthrough session where the main tool, you know, there's lots of NLP going on, but the main thing is the mental emotional release. And more commonly it's known as timeline therapy, but it's a little bit different. And it's a, it's a trademark practice from Dr. Matt and the empowerment partnership. And, and basically this timeline therapy, what we're doing is, you know, we go back to the very first event, like the first time somebody feels anger or sadness and, or fear, hurt and guilt. And so we really release all those, but we go to the first time they experienced this in their entire life. And we actually ask the subconscious mind. And what's so interesting is often these are usually from zero to seven years old or before birth. So they can be past life or even genealogical. So a grandparent can, can, you know, bestow upon you this anger that they had. And so it's so interesting because when we go to this root cause and we actually release that root cause, we actually carry that release all the way through the timeline, you know, all the way back in the past, all the way until now. And so that anger is completely released all the way until now, through your entire life and past lives, whatever it is. And, and it's not that you can't get angry because we should get angry. That's a normal emotion, but that anger would be, you know, five to 10 minute reaction instead of compounded to this entire timeline of anger. That's actually going to last for a month. Right. So, so it's, it's this huge release to the point where it actually changes the energy system in the body. It can actually change, you know, medical conditions. There's there's a lot of research with like Louise Hayes and and emotion code and how the emotions are actually affecting the body. So this really is, yes, mental, emotional release, but it really affects the person on all four levels of spiritual, you know, mental, emotional, and physical.
0: That's amazing. So can you walk us through like a scenario or can you walk us through a little bit?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes. So absolutely. So a scenario would be, Let's see. So for me, my first breakthrough session was I had anger throughout most of my life, and it was really hardcore. Especially as a teenager, I I was a very troubled teen, and my anger was out of control. I mean, I, I went to anger management. Like for instance, when I was probably around fifteen or sixteen, around then, I you know I can't tell you exactly what happened. I just remember I got angry, and I literally threw all my furniture from the upstairs in the house down the stairs. Like the, so, it was out of control, right? And so. During my breakthrough session, when I went back to the very first time I was angry, I mean, it was, it was like it was my mind was blown. I didn't even understand this until I saw it. And which was that, you know, I saw this moment where my mom was pregnant with me and my dad was smoking around her. And that was the moment that I, I felt her anger. And ever since then, I had been carrying this anger throughout my entire life. And it just kept getting compounded and compounded. And so when I release that, like my anger is just gone, which is, I mean, unbelievable compared to how angry I was. And, and the anger, you know, is very tied to, you know, heart disease and all sorts of heart issues. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing to really release these emotions.
0: So when you go into release, you probably see this lineage of energy, right? This tie from that moment in the past to the current day. And you see the magnitude of just all this energy in between. When you're releasing it, do you imagine it dissolving? Do you imagine the other side, like God coming and taking it away? Do you imagine like cutting it, um, cutting it off? How is it that you actually like what is it that really clicks to make that release?
1: Okay, yeah. So we we go into the event, you know, we go into the event to find the emotion. And then actually we're floating. And this is just a visualization. Some clients, they have a feeling. Some clients don't see anything. Some people see everything. So it really depends on the client. But the biggest thing is that we go into the event and find the emotion. And then we actually float above the event and, and we release it by allowing that vent to be like below you and in front of you all the way until it's completely gone. And, and the biggest thing is when that happens, there's so much release. And of course there's there's energetics of, of actually releasing and where it goes, it's just gone. And, and it's so interesting because I'm, I'm keen on what you're talking about with where, how are we recycling the energy? Where's the energy going And And personally from my experience and what I've seen with clients is that energy is just simply transmuted into like a higher vibration into love, into something that's just, it's just gone and transmuted. And that's why this, this uh, technique is so powerful because that energy is simply disappeared. And sometimes the person even forgets that they were angry. That's what's so amazing.
0: That is, that is absolutely incredible. And I've seen that over and over again with my work as well. I mean, it's almost like jaw dropping when that happens. Like you can't make this stuff up, right? What is so like, What's such a huge blessing to me with doing this podcast is there are so many different spiritual workers within the world that are all just working on behalf of the other side and raising the vibration here. And we're all maybe using different terms with different things, but it's all the same. It's all the same work that we're doing, right, even though we have different terms on it. So I kind of chuckle to myself here, when I am doing some of these interviews, because I'm like, Oh, spirit, that's what you're talking about. I didn't know that there was actually like a, a term for it. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And it's so interesting because, you know, for me, I wasn't taught this by anybody as more of a gift that I was given. And, and before the sessions, I'm going to work with that client energetically from a distance. I'm going to help them clear the energy body first before the session even starts like that day. And so there's exactly what you're talking about. Everybody has their own gifts and spices to this work. And, you know, we can release emotions and negativity and all that stuff in, in a million different ways. And this is just the one that I found that really called to me. And and there's so many people out there that I've spoken to or met or been in contact with that it's, it's, you know, we all are talking about the same thing. It's just a different label, right? 100%.
0: One hundred percent, and it just like it cracks me up every time it happens because because it is all this beautiful work of just helping people shift out of their humanly vibration, the stress, the anxiety, and really shifting into that high vibration and and learning how to hold that more in their daily lives. I want to go back a little bit because I feel like your near death experiences have really shaped so much of your work, and I wonder if you can kind to just you know tell us some stories about the near-death experiences that you've had.
1: Absolutely. And and so the first major one that I had was when I was about maybe 13, 14. I was a sophomore year in high school. And uh, at the time, kind of around the same time as the anger and my parents' divorce. And I mean there's just a lot of things going on in 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 my life. And at that time, I was very addicted to all sorts of drugs and nothing really serious, but you know, the drinking, the whatever. I mean, there's pills, there is this and that. So I just remember I was out with friends one night and, and we had lots of pills and lots of alcohol. And I wanted more. I just kept wanting more and more. And I was at this party, a really small party, and I just felt like, I was so sick. So I went outside and it's winter time in Washington state on the West, Western coast. And, and so I went outside and it's dark time and I just collapsed in the woods out behind, behind this house. And I just remember being cold and wet and alone and just everything turning to nothing. It was just blackness. And, and I was just gone. I, there is nothing happening. It was just black and calm, and there is nothing. And for the longest time, I was so confused about that. Like I didn't have a near-death experience, but when I really started researching about this later in life, I realized this is a very common near-death experience. And when I look back on it, it was, it was a near-death experience. And so this, what is so interesting is, is Throughout my teens and mid-20s, you know, there was plenty of snowboarding accidents, surfing accidents, avalanches. I mean, just about everything, you know, firefighting experiences that were so close. And none of them were like, I actually crossed over like the first event, but it was like I could have, it was close. And I felt like there was every single time there was guardian angels or somebody like changing the event. So I didn't die. I just always had that feeling and I can say after my breakthrough session, I think this pattern had been going on for many, many lifetimes. And, and so what's so interesting is, is when I finally had this major awakening, I was speaking about during meditation just a couple of years ago, I finally clicked that this was a, this was a spiritual message of like, Hey, Thomas, you need to wake up because you're so gifted. You're going to change the world. If you just open your eyes. And, and ever since then, it's just been, I feel so blessed to have those near-death experiences. There's so much gratitude behind them, even though it was one of the hardest things I've gone through is, is, you know, dealing with that, that death. And it all comes back to, as well as my captain Mike passing away. I mean, that just lit up the whole timeline of every near-death experience. All that trauma of that near-death was just all of a sudden it was upon me and I had to deal with it.
0: Those are some really incredible experiences. So, did did your near death experiences inspire you to write your books?
1: You know, it's so interesting when this inspiration happened. There was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, kind of around this awakening time. I was sick with the flu and had this high fever, and I was just like trying to just get my mind over this fever. You know, so I said, went out to the couch and played some meditations. And I was just sicker than a dog, you know, and and trying to meditate through the fever. And all of a sudden there was just like this voice that just came over me, like a whole body voice. Like you're going to write a book. I was like, Oh, who are you? Like, what is this? And it was just like, you're going to write a book and you're going to be a coach. I was just like, okay, well, Oh, I was really freaked out. I just opened my journal and just started going crazy with my pen, just drawing and writing random stuff. And Ever since then, I've just been writing like crazy. I mean, every day I write and it feels like through the books I've written, one, it's been a healing journey for me, but it's it's been such a great gift because writing just is such a great outlet for me. I love it.
0: Now, your book talks about the secrets of the universe. I want to dive into that a little bit. What do you feel are those secrets and can you talk to us about a couple of them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in that book, Awaken My Heart Fire, it's all about like the way I was starting to see wildland firefighting was so interesting. Like I'd be out there in the line and there'd be, you know, one tree that would catch on fire. So there's this giant hundred foot tree on fire and 300 foot flames around me. And I would just see these little sparks come down and touch the ground and start little tiny fires. And I just kept thinking like, that's exactly how the universe works like every little spark that's starting a new fire that's a heart fire that's like somebody's soul that's this soul coming from this giant fire that is like infinity fire like the universal fire or the you know universal consciousness god creator and so I started seeing these metaphors in firefighting and it just took me even deeper into what was really happening on the landscape but what was happening inside myself and I started to understand that there is, you know, there was a higher self. And once I connected with that higher self, it really brought me in tune with, you know, my heart fire, which is, you know, your, your heart chakra or your heart center. And it really brought me into source or, or creator or spirit. And that was, you know, for me, I was connecting with that as the infinity fire. Once I really brought into that infinity fire and brought that into my body, the golden healing light. It was so profound and so changing of really, you know, understanding my gut instincts. What were they telling me? They were telling me how to sense danger, how to sense nourishment, not just like food and water and what I should be eating and drinking, but how do I nourish my soul? It also gave me, you know, all sorts of techniques to understand my body and the energy in my body and to move that around and to recycle energy that I have picked up. And so, these secrets really, it's, it's not a secret. Everybody has this. It's really about connecting to source and bringing that source and love, you know, really unconditional love and compassion into our lives and following our heart's purpose. And that's the biggest thing. That whole book is all about bringing in source and following your heart's purpose. Because once we have heart clarity and we start learning with our heart and we start walking with our heart, it's, our life will change immensely. We'll have so much abundance, so much love, and so much gratitude that we're just going to attract everything we've ever wanted.
0: Friends, one of the questions that I get most from you is, Julie, how do I know that this is my intuition? Julie, how do I know that this is really my angels communicating with me? Julie, how do I know if this is really a sign? Friends, the entire month of April, we are diving into a lesson within the angel membership. It's an entire course on trusting your intuition. Now, friends, if you're like, but Julie, this feels frustrating to me. I should just be able to trust more, right? wrong. Friends, you have been taught since you were a very small person not to trust your intuition. We have been socialized to think that one brain type is better than the other. And for those of us who are deeply empathic, and if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely are We were taught otherwise. We were taught to eat everything on our plate or else we weren't going to get dessert. We were told not to cry. You know, we were told all of these things as children. And what it actually did was wire us in a way where we weren't trusting of ourselves. We weren't trusting our intuition. And that has carried over from childhood into adulthood for most people. So going through this course is undoing the programming within your mind, undoing these past notions of, you know, just tough it out. You have to learn how to trust yourself. And there is an entire course for you on this that I have channeled from SPIRIT. So if you'd like to be a part of this, look in the show notes below. All April, we are diving into trusting your intuition. And I'm so, so excited for you to really grasp onto this yummy material because once you have this, it really solidifies that foundation within you. And you know, like you know, like you know, when spirit's working with you, how they're working with you, you trust it, you believe in it. And friends, that's the energy that you have to have because it keeps your energetic auric field open. And all of the new yummy experiences that spirit is trying to bring your way coming through, right? Because the opposite of trusting your intuition is not trusting it. And that's where you block yourself. So come on over to the angel membership. We will help you to trust yourself, to trust your intuition. Talk to me about a client that you've worked with, and I feel like there's even another firefighter that you've worked with. And without giving names or anything, Spirit's saying to ask you the question, just so that the people listening can hear and understand, because there are so many people who will come to you, right? And say, I don't know what my purpose is. I I can't figure out what my purpose is. Or what if I never find my purpose? And you and I know the answer to that. But you've walked people through this finding clarity on why you're here and really honing in and anchoring into that. And I've seen the way that that changes people's lives. I'm wondering if you have a story that you can share to that effect.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, working with firefighters, it's so profound because there's, there's this job, there's this mentality, there's this fire person, but oftentimes behind that, behind that mentality, that person, there's like this really deep other understanding, this spirituality that's not so easily expressed out there on the fire line or in the environment. And so, you know, often when I work with these firefighters, it's, it's, you know, Sometimes it's like I want to exit fire and I don't know what I could ever do because I'm just a firefighter. But when we really, you know, I've helped clients tap into that and look deeper and say, well, what would you do? What would you do if you weren't a firefighter? Like what would you do if your identity wasn't tied to your job? Who would you be? You know, how would you look? What would your life be like? And and really using the NLP language to to one blot the the boundaries of those limitations of I'm just a firefighter. And once we take that away, it's so infinite and the possibilities are so huge that sometimes, you know, I've had a couple of clients that it's just better leadership and better performance at work. And once we clear all that stuff, it just manifests, but some, some of their clients I've worked with, it's more about building a business and changing careers and taking this hard right turn completely out of fire. And those to me are the most profound stories because that person is showing the courage and like following their heart path. And it's, it's so rewarding because most of the time when we open our hearts, what we're going to hear is that we want to help other people. And, and that is just so powerful that it, it changes their life as a client, but it starts this ripple effect. And it's so amazing to have that ripple effect of helping one person and helping them create something that's going to help other people. And that ripple effect gets bigger and bigger.
0: That's beautiful, Thomas. You know, being around these wildfires that can move in different directions and just swallow up entire neighborhoods you're so empathic. And I, I imagine that you have to feel the magnitude of that, though, too, right? Of just the, the fires change so many people's lives. And when you're feeling all of that, I kind of relate it to all of the empaths in the world right now, just feeling the weight of 2020 and the magnitude of everything that we've been through this year. How do you separate your energy from the energy of all others tied into those fires that are going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the book gives the readers this tool, which is, you know, a protection meditation that one of my mentors gave me, which is really connecting with, with earth energy, connecting with heaven energy, and then bring this energy and surrounding yourself in so much love and in creating an egg of of just protection. And to show exactly where your energy ends and where the others begin and, and saying to yourself, all the good gets in, only the good gets in. And to me, that meditation is so powerful because it's allowed me to go into those situations where, you know, when houses are burning, it's heartbreaking because you're standing right there with with the homeowner and watching their entire life burn down or their entire property burn down. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's really hard. But if if I took on that energy how can i walk down the street and save the next house and so it's really important and it's such a giant metaphor for helping others right if i take on a client's energy how can i help the next next client and so it's it's amazing how much metaphor i kept seeing in in the in the firefighting and it's just so it's so important to have a tool like that something that resonates with you that really separates the energy. Just like you're saying that this is my energy and that's your energy. This is my emotion and that's yours. And it's uh, it's critical for whatever we're doing in life. And, and this year, like you said, 2020, we really need to be in tune with that because our energy is most important this year.
0: Absolutely. So Thomas, do you have a family?
1: I have a wife and dogs and yeah, we don't have any kids.
0: Yeah. How do you distinguish that, too? Like, when you're in the middle of of firefighting, do you have to kind of push out the energy, or do you hold your wife's energy close? How does that work as well?
1: I feel very connected with her psychically, if you will, or empathically. Like, I do... I would say carry her energy with me because, you know, I don't want to cut that cord. I want to have that connection. And, and I would say it, it's very important to me to call her every night and talk to her and hear her voice when I'm out there on the fire line. And for me, that connection with family back home, just knowing that supports there and knowing like when I have a bad day or a hard day on the fire line, when I really get you know dragged in the dirt and I got to deal with something internally or there's a conflict in, around or in the group, it's like that's the person I talk to. And it's, it's important to keep that energy with me.
0: Yeah. That's so beautiful. So when you're in the middle of these firefights and I'm sure that there are angel stories, right. And we tell an angel story here every Thursday. I'm just wondering if you have any stories where you like, know like you know like you know that it is the divine coming through that God is just working with you firefighters as you're you're fighting these fires
1: yeah absolutely and I can tell you there's just almost every shift there's something like this that happens and I think one of the more profound ones was, you know, me and my crew were hiking into this fire, you know, we've been working it for a couple of days. We we got our our butts kicked the last couple of days. We we're dragging up the hill, you know, with all of our gear and early in the morning and we're walking through through the forest, it's all burned and and you know, out of nowhere there's just this silent tree that just comes down and just is coming towards us and we can't hear it. It's silent. It's like a ghost just coming at you. And, and the person right in front of me just got smoked by this tree. I mean, it just clobbered him to the ground, like two feet in front of me. And we were all shocked, like, oh my gosh, he's dead. Like, there's no way he's alive. And when we started looking at the tree and assessing the situation, that tree had landed on a stump just enough to like, to where that tree hit him barely and knocked him to the ground, but that was it. Nothing ever happened to him. He was totally fine. And so it's just like inner, it's just this, yeah, there's so many angels out there and guardian angels. and, And I've had so many experiences like that, or like flying in a helicopter a couple of years ago, we got a, basically an engine light come on and the pilot's like, Oh, this is bad. Really, really bad. And so we had to like turn around and go back to base and You know, it's just that moment when there's like that helicopter could have crashed easily, but it didn't. And we got home safely. You know, there's, there's plenty of stories of, I think for me, one of the biggest ones was we were doing a burnout. So what that means is that we're, we're putting fire on the ground as fire is coming at us. And what it does is each fire hits each other and cancels it out. So all the fire is just out. And so we're in sagebrush, uh, we're in Idaho and, Kind of like this ninety degree corner of line, and so we're putting fire down along this line, and we're we're really close to this ninety degree corner, which is always really hard to hold fire there. And as soon as we start lighting off this corner, we get a fire whirl, which is like a dust devil, but it's in the fire, and it makes our fire jump the line, and it just starts running on both sides of the the line, all just fire everywhere within 30 seconds. And I just remember we jumped into the trucks with our packs on our tools, our torches, everything's inside the truck. We're just driving as fast as we can down this horrible road, this dozer line really. And I remember the heat so hot. It was like almost burning my face through the windows and we barely made it out. And that fire After that, that little test fire that we were working on, we tried to burn it out. That ran like 10,000 acres. It was gone. And we survived. We made it. And so there's so many stories of my career like that, that I truly felt like there's just an angel there. There's a guardian angel that's just been, been holding me this whole time.
0: I never want to assume anything, but this last year, we have been watching so many different firefights, right? I mean, uh, 2020 started out with the worst fires I think Australia has ever seen. And we've been seeing so many fires here in America. I never want to assume anything. We do pray in this meditation. We do hold meditation sometimes to hold space for firefighters. But I want to hear from you, like, what is it that people who are watching the news who aren't there fighting fires, what can we do from home to support you?
1: Absolutely. This is so important. And I'm glad you asked that question because, you know, there's, there's, so when we're in the fire, the fire's coming out of subdivision, we're driving through, we're making our assessments of like, okay, that structure, what are we going to do with it? And so if the homeowner actually takes time to really perfect their land and make sure that it's, you know, fire safe. It just makes our jobs so much easier. And that all that includes is, you know, no like firewood on the house, like stacked against the house or close to the house, no burnable furniture, like on the patio. One of the big things is having like a tin roof and metal siding, those kinds of things really help save the house. And and the other thing is making sure like a hundred feet out around the house is is thinned or otherwise the vegetation is a lot thinner than, than, than it is. You know, there's not big groups of trees or lots of shrubs and it's, it's thin and it's not going to burn a big fire. You know, we can handle a fire coming to your houses at two to four foot flame lengths. That's great. We'll do that all day. It's when it gets into the trees, that's when we have problems and, and the, the structures, they burn not from the flame front, but from the little tiny embers I was talking about earlier, those get under the eaves under the porch into the vents and those things. And so those little tiny embers, you know, just the needle cast underneath your patio. So, so there's, that's the most important thing is just really paying attention to the vegetation, you know, having a plan, like when there's a fire coming, what's your plan, have a sprinkler system set up that, you know, you turn on and you go and we can take care of it all while you're gone. And, And that would be, You know, if everybody did that, there's there's a huge chance we'd have a big difference in in saving the homes. And, you know, the the bigger picture is, you know, generally the forest health is is overgrown. And that's why we're seeing these mega fires is a lot of people call it.
0: Now, Thomas, where are you in the United States? Like, where are most of these fires that you're fighting?
1: So I'm in Montana And I've been working for the federal fire service for the government agencies. And so generally the way that works is, you know, I'm based out of Montana, but I get shipped over all over the country. Like I was in California for four months this summer. And so it just really depends on what's going on in the country and who needs us and who needs, you know, different resources and where we're shipped to. And so um, really all over the country.
0: And, you know, this is something that that came up one time. I was talking with a girlfriend who used to live in California, and she said a lot of the wildfires, and I don't know if there's any truth to this, but she said that a lot of the wildfires are started by people who like to play with fire, who are just kind of playing around, or she said sometimes purposely set these fires. Is that true? How do most of these fires start?
1: Yeah. So generally out West, we have the lightning that comes in July, August, September. That's, that's general natural starts. And of course there's, you know, trailers with big chains dragging on the highway that will start fires. Cigarettes outside your window. That's a common myth. I mean, it can happen, but it's very rare. And And there is, you know, California specifically, I don't know why there is a lot of arson. I mean, whenever the Santa Ana's come up, people start those fires. Those are people started fires. And there is some people that, you know, use fireworks illegally, or, you know, the big one this year that will never let it down is the the gender release party was a major cause of a fire this year. And so people with any sort of sparks or fire from their pocket lighter. There's just so many people out West and in the woods now that it's, uh, it's very common, you know, escape campfires is another one.
0: I want to go back to your book. And I just wonder, you know, for everybody listening what's the biggest takeaway that you would impart to people? Obviously, we want them to get your book and also share where they can purchase that. But what's the biggest takeaway that you want to leave people with today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so the the book is really helping you guide yourself to your highest self and really unlocking your higher consciousness. And I would say, you know, it's even there in the book. and, And I can't remember where it is exactly, but I know I say like, there's like, nobody can teach you this. There's no guru. There's no book. That's going to truly give you these tools. You have to explore your own consciousness to find this. And, and I'm giving them the tools to open those doors. And all they have to do is walk through and, and truly explore their highest self and what, what gifts they have and find their heart purpose. And, and the biggest thing that I want to, you know, give away during this is that that unconditional love and compassion should always be our guiding force, our measuring stick, our guidepost of what we're doing in life, you know, are we giving as much unconditional love as possible? Is our actions driven by compassion or is it something else? And if it's you know that those are the most important things to me is that we're really raising our vibrations all all together, right?
0: That's actually one of the biggest things. And it's one of the things that surprised me the most about this work when I got into it is, you know, there are big words that we hear a lot about within spirituality, consciousness and manifestation and, you know, all of these things. And I think that the biggest shocker was the word intention, that when I go into meditation, and when I would sit with spirit, they would say your intention is everything. So your intention is actually your free will in action. And when you think about things that way, every little decision that we make within our day, how we spend our time, you know, what our purpose is, it all comes down to, yes, but what intention are you carrying with it? And when we do keep that in mind, you're so right, it it changes everything.
1: Absolutely. And, and the intention, and I love the way you explain that of sitting with spirit and, and bringing up that intention and And to me, when we're really clear on what we want and we say that intention, we're really asking universe, this is what I want. And, and for, you know, for people with anxiety and things going on, it's like, sometimes when we ask our intention, we're asking one thing, but our subconscious mind is saying another thing. And that's where the law of attraction stuff gets so mixed up. It's, we got to really get alignment in the conscious and subconscious mind. And once that happens, it's It's game on with the intentions and abundance and law of attraction is so much easier. 100%.
0: And for anybody listening, you can do that too, by what we were talking about earlier, just really exploring what resistances are within you. Because I'm sure you see this all the time, Thomas, there are so many people who want one thing, right? But I always say two opposing things can be true within you at the same time. So you might really want to be a race car driver, or you might really want to be a director in marketing at your company. But there's this other resistance resistance to you. And I see it so often in women where they think I really want to work my way to this position, but I also want to have a family. And can I balance both? And that worry and that fear about the balancing really kind of negates your drive to become And work in that higher position. And so once you can kind of work through the resistance within yourself, there is no more of yourself blocking you from your path. You're fully clear and able to move forward on what it is that you and God wants for your life and able to very clearly and, and oftentimes quickly after you get rid of that resistance, bring it into your life.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and this is a major thing I always work on with clients is a parts integration. There's one part that wants this and there's one part wants that. And what we do is we just find the highest intention. What's this part want? What's that part want? And we keep just asking, what's the purpose of that intention? What's the intention of this part? Until suddenly the person realizes, wait a minute, each part has the same intention And then they integrate those parts and it's gone. The conflict's gone because they've realized they become whole. And that's a game changer.
0: Thomas, you are just such a beautiful soul. I've loved getting to spend this time with you and work with you. Please tell everybody where they can find you online and where can they buy your book?
1: Absolutely. So the books are all on Amazon and biggest place you can find me is mountainmindtricks.com. And when you go there, you'll see the whole website's kind of geared towards firefighters, mental health, and, and breakthrough sessions for firefighters. But I'm always welcome to work with anybody with anything. And so please reach out. You can also find me on Facebook at Thomas M. Worm or uh, Instagram at Mountain Mind Tricks. Yeah, Instagram. And then I also have a podcast called Sacred Ancestry. So please take a listen. And yeah, that's really the big ones there.
0: I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Thomas, for being here and and being guest on the show today. Blessings to you. And we'll all be praying, keeping you you in our thoughts and prayers as you do your work.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And it's just a blessing to be part of your show and to provide some value for the listeners. And and I hope people took away some good messages today. and, And again, just thank you so much for having me.
0: Beautiful souls, I'm so excited to announce that my book on angels and how they're working miracles in your life will be available on Amazon fall of 2021. If you're listening on or after fall of 2021, check it out. Friends, if you'd like to work with me each week, my angel membership program is perfect for you. You can join at any time and you get access to past courses. In 2021, I'll be teaching you about a new topic each month. We started the year in February with a course on oneness and raising your vibration. March is angel communication, how to hear your angels. April is trusting your intuition. May is knowing your soul's purpose. June is working with Archangel Raphael to learn self-energy healing techniques and chakras 101. July is rewriting the stories you've been holding on to. August is all about rewiring your mind to move past blocks. September is energetically working through ancestral trauma. October is working with your inner child and Archangel Michael. November is a guide to being an empath. Then we're rounding out the year with a course in December that helps you connect with your loved ones on the other side to help you deepen your personal connection with them. And in January 2022, we'll be back with a whole new course on manifestation and co-creation. You get all of this live group access to me, two new pre-recorded Reiki healings, and advance notice to book a session with me when you're an angel member. Sign up for the angel membership anytime. If you're listening in 2022, please know that we're planning to add new content each month. For details and to sign up, view the show notes below. Friends, the only thing that's not included in the angel membership right now is the Angel Reiki School, where you learn to develop your unique spiritual gifts. Whereas the angel membership is about your awakening journey and your personal spiritual growth, The Angel Reiki School, on the other hand, certifies you as an Angel Reiki Master Teacher and teaches you the art of energy healing and bringing through messages for your clients. Friends, if you're feeling called to the Angel Reiki School, it's because the souls you're here to help on earth, well, they're omnipresent piece of them. You know, they're higher selves on the other side. That's what's behind you, pushing you, fueling you to become who you're meant to be. Because when you do, they know your work will shift the trajectory of their life here. That's what I mean when I say you have big, big purpose in this lifetime. A new class of the Angel Reiki School starts on the first of each month. Speaking of the Angel Reiki School, we're going to need about 800 volunteers this year. We select volunteers from people who've written a five-star positive review and emailed us a copy. That way, we have a way of contacting you for your free volunteer session. Many of you have asked if I'm still booking sessions, and the answer to that is yes. I love, love, love my sessions with you. We have a new system where we send out an email once a month with a link to my calendar for you to book online. It's really easy. All you have to do is sign up to be on my email list on my website, theangelmedium.com. I've been spending a ton of time going live with you on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Join me over on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new content, teaching videos, and actual video footage of these podcast episodes. Friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for being part of this community and listening to this show. I truly feel that this is your show and the angels show, and I just feel so blessed to be a part of it. You're the most supportive community a podcaster could have. I pray for you Every day, if you have a special prayer request, you can submit it through my website homepage and I'll be praying for you personally. Now for the oneness meditation, which is the last five minutes of every episode. And as you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. Uh, If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you, but anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off, and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet, are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles, yummy tingly energy as it moves up over your calves your shins all the way up to your knees feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs the hamstrings all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. into a gentle state of ease. Allow this energy to move up into the shoulders, into the neck. Feel it as it fills your entire head front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And then feel this energy as it moves through the hair follicles on the top of your head so that you feel this 2 inches to 10 feet or higher above the top of your head. Friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease it's grace and God just sends this energy through the crown of your head it moves through your head down through your neck down through your shoulders and it starts to pull this God energy starts to pull around your heart within your heart and I just want you to feel that for a moment And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding surrounding You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith. Know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.